Welcome to the Spirited Advocate Podcast, brought to you by the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, the leading voice for the distilled spirits industry. Now your host, Chris Swanger. Hi, everybody. Chris Swanger with the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States and the Spirited Advocate Podcast. All right, put on your seatbelts because we got a prime time, prime time podcast today. We've got uh, probably one of the most vivacious energetic uh, uh, folks within our industry. We've got Fawn Weaver uh, with Uncle Neros, one of the fastest growing whiskey brands uh, in the United States and in the world. So Fawn, thank you very, very much for being with us. Yeah, it's my honor. So excited to have you. Tell us, tell us the story, if you would. Uh, tell us how you got here, and uh, we're just really excited to hear the, the story of Uncle Nearest and the heritage, and it's just, it's, it's awesome. So uh, just give us the well, one-on-one if you can. Well, I'll give you the truncated version, or we'll be here for the next two hours. I got you. Uh, I got you. The, the truncated version is, is I was in Singapore, and on the cover of the New York Times International Edition was a photo of Jack Daniels surrounded by his crew. And to the right of him was a man by the name of George Green. No one knew that at the time, but our researchers now confirm that. And he is the son of Nears Green, who we now know to be the first known African-American master distiller. So I'm in Singapore. This is on the cover, the photo. And for an African-American person, at that time, I was about to turn 40 years old. But in my lifetime, I, I had never been able to identify a truly American brand, meaning an American brand that we're all familiar with, all connected to around the world that is dated back to the, you know, immediately post-Civil War, if you will, in which there was an African-American known to be at the beginning. You see us in the pictures, but you don't know us by name. You don't know what we contributed. We don't know any of that stuff. And this is the first time that this newspaper article was saying, hey, uh, it was a black man. Check that out. Who taught Jack Daniel how to make whiskey. And he was uh, his his teacher is is what was the article was about. The challenge with the article was there wasn't enough proof in there to actually see Mitt Nearest Green's name in the history books. Someone was going to have to actually go and get the proof. It couldn't just be oral history and someone saying this is what had been passed down. There needed to be documentation to go with that. And so I decided uh, two things. One, I love history. I do a lot of sleuthing online. It's it's yeah. my husband calls it my rabbit holes. On I observe the Sabbath 24 hours a week. I do not work. And the way that I transition from my work week, which I absolutely love, to my Sabbath is I go down a rabbit hole. So and I'll find a topic that just randomly piqued my interest in the yeah. news or whatever. And for hours I'll go into the rabbit hole. But I'll come out. <laughs> This is Absolutely. this is the first time I went down the rabbit hole and I still have not come out of it. <laughs> uh, and so I I started digging and there wasn't much information at all, but there was one reference to Jack Daniels biography called uh, Jack Daniels Legacy. So I read the story in the newspaper. I order the book. I don't see the, the book for probably about three to four weeks after that. Uh, however, I don't open it, I should say. However, the internet went nuts with the story because the headline was Jack Daniels embraces a secret and hidden Jack Daniels embraces a secret ingredient help from a slave. 
And this came out at the end of June, 2016. Well, it was the most racially divided time in this generation up until this point, right? And so the moment that happened, all of a sudden, that article became clickbait titles all over the web. And very quickly, people had come to the conclusion that Jack was a slave owner and that he, that Nearest was a slave, that he stole the recipe, that he hid Nearest, all of these different things. That's what the internet had determined. And it was running wild. I don't know if you remember, but it was everywhere in 2016. So I actually took the time to order his book and I began reading his biography. And from the very early pages, it was near screen, near screen, Uncle Nearest, best whiskey maker I know of, Eli Green, which was Nearest's son, George wow. Green, which was Nearest's son. And so as I went through the book, I realized that Nearest's family was spoken about more often than Jack's own family. And so I'm looking at this in the juxtaposition of what was going on online sure. and going, uh, if you're trying to hide somebody, that's the worst <laughs> place to hide them Absolutely. is in the only official biography. So then I began looking at the, the author of the biography, and it was a, a white reporter from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So picture this. The story is about an enslaved man. Uh, well, the story is about Uncle Jack. The story sure. is about the most famous American whiskey maker of all time. That is what the story is about. But it is written at the uh, height of the civil rights era in 1967. And you've got a white reporter from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, coming to Lynchburg, Tennessee, to tell the definitive story of this white whiskey maker. And he includes a formerly enslaved man and his family over and over and over again. So it's important to know, well, who was he interviewing? Why in the world were they in here? Well, who he was interviewing was Jack's descendants that took over the distillery, those who were running it at the time, his friends, his family, anyone who touched Jack, knew Jack, was in very close proximity to Jack. That's who was being interviewed. So then the question became, why was Nearest and his family so important that the people around Jack mentioned him that many times. Then you have to go back. And as we began pulling up more articles and documentation from Jack's family, they were very clear in crediting the Lincoln County process, which is the only distinguishment between Kentucky bourbon and Tennessee whiskey, uh, because they're both straight bourbon whiskeys. Sure. But the only difference is, is there is an additional filtration that is involved in Tennessee whiskey. And it was that filtration process that Jack's descendants were very clear in saying that came in with the enslaved people. And they were very clear in saying near screen was our first master distiller. And so all of a sudden, the story that everybody thought it was, which was Jack was taught by a black man. We then learned that he wasn't just taught by him. He was his mentor. He was his friend. But then he also became his first master distiller once he had his own business. So the story that I was chasing, ironically, wasn't about whiskey. The story I was chasing was about Uncle Nearest, right? Uncle Nearest and the relationship between Nearest and Jack in a town called Lynchburg in the 19th century. That to me was remarkable because as I was reading through Jack's book, what became very clear, not necessarily by what was said, but what wasn't said. When the journalist, the author, refers to Uncle Jack with the same level of respect as Uncle Nearest and vice versa, 
when the story is about and written to in the dedication to Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack. But when he talks about Uncle Nearest, he does so with the same level of uh, respect and elevation. And that said to me, okay, you don't do that unless you want to make sure this person isn't forgotten. And if you want to make sure a person isn't forgotten, then that means that there was love, honor, and respect in that relationship. So that's what brought me to Lynchburg. Aside from being an entrepreneur now, 26 years, I guess, beside that, I'm New York Times bestselling author, USA Today bestselling author, but my books are on love. So this was no different for me. Absolutely. I was planning and still are. Full of passion. Writing a book about love. And it just so happened to be between a white orphan that never grew to be more than five foot two and a fiddle playing African-American who was formerly enslaved, but was the best whiskey maker in this area. It's pretty amazing. It all comes down to human relationships, right? And as our country navigates through even tough times over the last three or four months, you just think about the relationship. Those two great men uh, forged amongst themselves, right? Despite, you know, all the challenges of that times, uh, during those times with slavery and all of the above. So you, you see this magazine article in Singapore, That was in 2016. And tell us where we are today. Tell us about the distillery and the business and how you've been navigating through the pandemic and all of the above. It's such an exciting time for you, right? Yeah. Well, Nearest Green Distillery, we we broke ground on it, as you know. We did a big party for our phase one opening last September. We opened up and every weekend, what we would do is, because it's a four-phase project, so we're in the middle of a four-phase $50 million build-out of our distillery here in Shelbyville. And the first phase of it, we opened up, and then we, we give tours through first phase as well as the other phases that are under construction. So we would do construction Monday through Friday. The construction workers would clean up the site, and then we would have folks in Saturday and Sunday. Tours, yeah. It would be sold out Saturday and Sunday, and then come Monday, it was construction. Well, COVID, what has happened is, is is we've shut it down, which has allowed us actually to do a lot of creative things with the site because now the construction crew doesn't have to worry about cleaning up to open up on the weekends. And so, yeah, we have quite the project going on there. It isn't, it isn't being built like your typical distillery. It is one of the most, if not the most famous Tennessee walking horse farm. And a portion of it is still equestrian. We have over 60 Tennessee walking horses on site now, a lot of them grand champions. And so what we wanted to do was bring together the three things Tennessee is known for. Tennessee whiskey, Tennessee music, so that's country, bluegrass, right? And Tennessee walking horses. And so every aspect of the property represents one of those things. And so you've got equestrian on the one side, you've got the steel house, you have Heritage Hall, which is, I think, will probably end up being the largest visitor center of any of the distilleries here in America, uh, because we took a very large sales bar, used to be an arena, and they'd come in, walk the horses around, folks would, you know, auction, it was a 600 seat arena, and that is now the visitor center. So... That has been getting converted. And then behind that, we have we are building on to it the world's longest bar. So currently the world's longest bar is in Ohio. And we are beating that by over a hundred linear feet. Yeah. It's gonna be a long time before the Guinness Book of World Records gives <laughs> our record to somebody else. And so, yes, all of those things will open back up at whatever point it is safe for people to come without masks. So, you know, knock on wood, we have a vaccine early next year and then we open up for the summer. That is that is our hope. 
Well, let me ask you. I mean, you're you're uh, sounds like you're uh, you're a lady of faith. Obviously, just yes, think about uh, Uncle Nearest up in heaven, uh, smiling down. You know, all what he's gone through in his life uh, must just be uh, proud for him to kind of watch the development of this and yes. his life story and the contributions that he has made uh, to the country and to the. Resurrect, resurrection of the distillery and all of the above. I, 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 it, it must be just uh, just a fun time for you to think about it, and a proud proud moment to bring you know his life to life again. Yeah. You know, one hundred fifty plus years after the Ooh, fact. After right? the fact, yeah, it's really interesting because I I I personally, based on what I know about Nears's personality and Jack's personality. I don't think Nears gives a damn. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't think he cares, but I do think Jack does. Sure. And when we look at all of the things that have happened, the things that are have lined up, there has literally never been an independent American whiskey brand to grow faster than Uncle Nearest. We went from one state to 50 states in 18 months. We're in, I think, over 16,000 locations at this point, this is our third, we just celebrated our third year. We'll do somewhere between 150 and 125,000 cases this year at a $60 price point. It's unheard of, yeah. but I, every time I see stuff happening and my whole team does it. So this isn't like, it's just me talking our whole team. Whenever something just falls in line, we're just like, Hey Jack, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we're like, or, yeah. So we go back and forth into determining who is pulling the puppet strings in heaven right now. Is it just Jack or is it Jack and nearest? And, and, nearest. and we're not positive, but it's someone because I'm not this smart. Our team is not this good. Like <laughs> I think I am smart. I think our team is really good, but not this smart and this good. Heaven might maybe working overtime a little bit. Somebody's working overtime on our behalf because there's absolutely no way that we could have lined things up like this. It's it's it would be absolutely impossible. And even the 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 COVID crisis, as soon as that hit, I told the team not only am I not going to furlough or lay off, um, even though we were not going to have the distillery open, we gave everybody different jobs yeah. to do other areas, bottling, whatever. Is it not only am I not going to lay off, but we have 13 open positions and we are going to hire them immediately. And we, and this was when we were in quarantine because I quarantined everybody, not shelter in place. I sheltered in place everyone for two months. I did not let anyone into the market. And I said, by the time we get to the end of this two months, I want all 13 of these positions filled so that when we come out, we come out the gate swinging strong. And yeah. we came out so incredibly strong with a team that was much larger than when COVID, when the pandemic began. And they're doing an, an incredible job out there. I think at this point, we're, we're bottling, we just added a second shift. So we're bottling about 1,700 cases a day, which for the big guys isn't a big sure. deal. But we're not a big guy. That's right. That's we're, right. We're a small guy. And so 1,700 cases a day for us That's is a lot. a lot. And so, and but we literally, we, it doesn't matter how many we bottle, we can't keep up. So awesome. our numbers where we will end this year is not because we couldn't sell more. It's because we actually couldn't ship more. We couldn't get more bottles. So Brown Foreman, great company, you know, that 150 plus year old company, owner of Jack Daniels and so forth. Uh, I, I bet it's been great working with them, right? Uh, is, has that been a positive collaborative effort working with them? Because it really is the legacy 
legacy of Jack Daniels, no doubt, uh, Uncle yeah. Nearest, right? How's yeah. that been? Is that been? Well, you're referring to the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, that, yeah. our nonprofit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so exactly. we don't work together from a business standpoint. Sure, understood. But uh, the Nearest and Jack Advancement Initiative, it is absolutely incredible. It is between Uncle Nearest, Nearest Green Distillery, and Jack Daniel Distillery. And the teams, both teams, we've we've done stuff together for so long that this is not really new. I mean, together, we were already working on the Nears Green School of Distilling and uh, the curriculum for here for Motlow State College. When that is finally approved by the state, you know, knock on wood, the accreditation body, it'll be the first time that there is an accredited degree in distilling in America. And that curriculum was done by my head of whiskey operations and their VP of uh, of Jack Daniel Distillery. So yeah. the two of them wrote the curriculum. This was over a year ago. This is well before all of what we're dealing with right now is going on. And so that was approved through Motlow State College last year. And now we're just waiting on the accrediting body. But then when February hit, March hit, and there was this true racial awakening in this country, allowing us to do something more creative in the name of Miris and Jack. We jumped at it like crazy. And so, yeah, it has been it has been great. It's 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 funny because they're really big and so they move slow. We're really small. So we move really fast. fast. And so they're like, <laughs> what? Just give us time. And I'm like, no, no, we don't have time. Gotta go, gotta go. So we're like the roadrunner. I like it. And, and they're just like, and I think they just kind of look at us and they're just like, okay, well, All at right. some point you'll go to lap like three times. We'll catch you on that first one. We'll catch. So Absolutely. It is, it is interesting seeing because we are because we are small, we're scrappy, right? Yeah. We're very nimble. It is really interesting seeing how the big guys work because it is very, very, very different from how we work. And so it, it, it's interesting to watch. I will say that. Fawn, tell it. Uh, you know what's amazing about this story and in this industry is 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 like many industries where uh, this industry has a lot of work to do. Uh, as it relates to diversity and inequality. And what y'all have done is help propel that, right, with with Uncle Nearest and the work that you've done. Could you tell us just a little bit? I know uh, uh, you're a passionate spokesperson for that, and the country's going through some hard times, right? Yeah. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that. And I think the success of Uncle Nearest uh, will certainly help this industry kind of broaden, get more mature and and diversify and make it a greater industry when it's all said and done, right? I agree. I think one of the one of the really unique things about what we're doing through the initiative is the business incubation program. And when you think about something that literally could only exist in a moment like this, because we are coming alongside Black-owned businesses, lending our resources, helping them with sales, marketing, distribution networks, expanding these brands, lifting them up. We're essentially building competitors. Sure. That, you know, in any other industry, that is what it would be called. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we are literally building uh, competitors and for a, a publicly traded company to get sign off from their shareholders to do that, that could only happen in a moment like this. But what's beautiful about it is, is it it really helps other industries to figure out, okay, the way we've been trying to do DNI is broken. 
it hasn't worked. If you've been, if you've had a DNI department for 10 years and you're no more diverse now than you were 10 years ago, progress is too slow. It's right. not working. Right. And so this is something that we literally just ripped up the playbook and said, let's write a new one. And, and that's a part of it. And so when I think about uh, one of our brands that we are assisting, it was very interesting. Uh, it's LS cream liqueur. And I saw them post yesterday on social media. We are growing so fast. We're hiring now. That we is need awesome. Brand ambassadors all over. Well, we just began working with them eight weeks ago and they already have their new branding that will be rolling out soon. We've gotten them expanded across total wise into reserve bar into all of these different mini bar, wherever else yep. they could do it online, put them with our distributors, gotten them distribution already in one of what was one of their top desired markets, Chicago. And you're talking about eight weeks in, one company. That's awesome. There's uh, another one actually where you are in DC, District Candor. And the fire marshal, for whatever reason, for six months had been holding up their ability to start. They got the space, they got all everything that they needed in order to begin distilling. And the fire marshal would not sign off. And it was because they built it the exact same way as all the other distilleries around them. But apparently a few years ago, something had been added to the rule book that they hadn't caught. So they were being required to do something that nobody else in the area was required to do. So that slowed things down. Not just slowed it, it basically put it to a stop because they said, listen, we're bleeding cash. If we can't distill we're never sure. going to be able to open. And so I reached into Larry Combs, the president down here at Jack Daniel Distillery. I go like this because they're literally down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help us out here. And, yeah. And I reached into Larry Combs and I said, listen, you got way more operations experience than I do. Can I, for-? actually, he was at my house having an old fashioned. Yeah. And I said, they're one of the, one of the ones we're trying to help. Uh, this is the problem. And he says, well, send me what the fire marshal is saying. Let me see what I can do. When I tell you that Larry and his people, they they got on it. Oh, he helped write the discus fire oh, protection code. So Larry, he knows. You, yeah, exactly. They wore that fire marshal out <laughs> and district candor is now open. And so now we're working with them on their branding and all the, that kind of stuff is just awesome. it's unheard of in any industry, let alone this industry, because we don't have investments in these guys. We're, we don't have a percentage of any of them that we're helping. Well, that's what makes this industry awesome is everybody Mm -hmm. really helps everybody. And that's just an example. And now I hadn't heard about District Cantor. Is it District Cantor? District Cantor, C-A-N-D-O-R. But don't don't hold too much to it because we're helping them change their name before they... I part got you. Of the rebranding. you know what district candor <laughs> they better be they better be ready because we'll reach out to them and just Good. really offer our our help and support in any way that we can to what makes makes They're the industry fantastic awesome. fantastic african-american woman and and a former actually i think he's still an active service man because the first call i ever had with him he was in full military guard. he's in so, full uniform yeah uh, we so it's a, they're a special a special company so yes i will let them know that you that you offered that absolutely have you all started exporting yet or are you focus on growing the business uh, oh yeah we've US? got team members on the ground in the uk we have team members on the ground in japan and so those are our two focuses right now but i literally just had a call yesterday about australia and germany and uh, france and italy and a few other areas 
that we are considering going into because we don't just get inquiries from distributors from all those all those places, which we do. We get it from the shop owners going, listen, I, you can use my distributor. Just get me the product. I have people that are coming in asking for the product. Just get it here. And so, yeah. In phone, consumers all walks of life, right? Everybody. 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 And I bet you the African-American community love it just because, but whiskey connoisseurs all over the world are gravitating to it. Everywhere. This isn't, this is not an African-American brand. It is an African-American owned brand. But when we look at our consumer base, what I love about our consumer base is number one, it's 50, 50 women, men. That's sure. That just makes my heart happy. Absolutely. Uh, But also we have every every demographic and white male would still be our top demo because that's just who buys it instinctively. That's who drinks whiskey. That's who drinks whiskey. When you're looking at the light buyers, right? The 60% of those who are light buyers who kind of go from one to the other, to the other that aren't set in that demo isn't any different. But when you start getting to those who are like uncle nearest is mine through and through and through and through the group is so diverse. Diverse. it's, it's pretty, and by diverse, I know a lot of people are making it seem these days like diverse basically means people of color. That's sure. not diversity to me. Diversity to me means it's everybody, everybody, including whites. And so I would say ours is very uniquely diverse because it is everyone, including whites. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Fawn, yeah, look, on, on behalf of the Distilled Spirits Council and the Spirited Abbott uh, podcast, we really... Just want to thank you for your leadership and your passion, uh, the the energy that you're bringing to our industry. Uh, uh, you know, resurrecting the Uncle Nero story and and bringing forward great whiskey as well. Uh, I visited I visited a liquor store down the street uh, just yesterday afternoon uh, to go check it out, and I saw some Uncle Nearest in there as well, and. Uh, we do a thing at the end of these podcasts where uh, we usually ask a couple of questions. Okay. If you had anybody to drink with, be dead or alive, who would you want to drink with? That's kind of a silly question because I assume you'd want to have a cocktail with Uncle Nears for sure, right? Anybody else on that list? It would be Nears and Jack, without question. Without That'd question. be pretty cool. Yeah. Any location, any location in the world, if you could pick, wave a wand, there's no pandemic, wave yeah. a wand and have a cocktail somewhere, where where would it be? Obviously, you're well-traveled. So Yeah. My my favorite island in the world is Mauritius and, and uh, the South Island of New Zealand. Those are my two favorites. So you can drop me in either one of those You'd and I'm happy to right. have, absolutely, I have a cocktail in either one. Absolutely. And what's your favorite cocktail? So how would you, how do you drink Uncle Nearest whiskey? Yeah. So I drink it neat. Uh, but if I put it in a cocktail every season, I tend to go through something different. And currently I've got three cocktails like that. that I decide every weekend, which one I'm making. One is a New York sour with a topped with, with a full body Cabernet. One is a penicillin in which I swapped out the scotch for Uncle Nears 1884, and I swapped out the float nice move, for 1856. Nice it's yeah. good. And then the other, ironically, that I've been drinking a lot lately is a classic daiquiri, but I swap out rum for Uncle Nears 1884. Check that out. Check it's that so out. Good. 
So for all of our listeners out there, you've got some secret tips from uh, Fawn Weaver. So Fawn, on behalf of Discus, really congratulations with all the success. Uh, We are very, very proud to represent you and Uncle Nearest and all the great things that y'all are doing. And uh, uh, it's just an exciting time for you. And uh, we look forward to working with you on the uh, the DNI platform as well. That is is a critical component for our industry and our community and our society. So, on behalf of all of us, a big thank you. Thank you. And, uh, oh, I God think bless. I need to be that's all right. Too, that's all right. But- it's- <laughs> five o'clock somewhere as they say but just really thank you for spending time with us and and telling us the great story and congratulations thank you thank i appreciate you. you having me you got it big cheers. cheers the spirited advocate podcast was brought to you by the distilled spirits council of the united states if you'd like to be a guest speaker on the show or send us topic suggestions to cover please contact us at podcast at distilled and please like and share these episodes. Your support is very appreciated.